Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning into the Outsiders NFL podcast. Josh Fry, Sam here, back once again uh, with another episode. I'm here today to give you my mock draft 2.0 post free agency edition, still quarantined edition or self isolation, whatever you want to call it. I, I want to get into it. It, it. A lot of things changed over the past week. We we've had a crazy week in the NFL with free agency and and the CBA, all the franchise tags, whatnot, trades that went down. So there's a lot of updated needs now. The the the, the mock drafts now are not going to be the same as what they were just uh, seven days ago. So uh, I wanted to to talk about that, give you guys my mock draft 2.0 today, and there have been some updates in the actual draft board. So there are now five teams with multiple first-round draft picks. Those teams are the Dolphins, still with three, the Jaguars with two, the Raiders with two, the San Francisco 49ers with two, and the Minnesota Vikings with two. There's there's a lot of things that are going to happen in this first round. I'm still very confident that we're going to see some trades happen this year. Uh, I know that there's always... In a lot of mock drafts, people want to say, you know, two, three, four trades, whatever. I don't think there's going to be that many trades, but I, th- I think that we're in store for for one or two um, for this year and, and just given the state of some of these franchises and whatnot. So uh, l- let's get into it. Let's do this. Uh, there, haven't, there hasn't really been much uh, big-time news that's, that's dropped other than just a couple more key signings. One thing that we didn't cover in the free agency recap episode was uh, Todd Gurley being released by the Rams uh, only to be picked up by Atlanta so he's going back to Georgia where he spent his college career good for him and I think that Todd Gurley just to touch on that news I think that Todd Gurley is going to fit in great with that with that offense Matt Ryan and, and and that offense they've got a lot of skill position so he's going into kind of a similar place that he he had in or a similar position that he had while he was in Los Angeles with the Rams there in the sense that they have an established quarterback they have a new established tight end in Hayden Hurst Um, they have wide receivers covered with Julio Jones and and Calvin Ridley so he's not going to be the only guy that the defense is going to be looking towards so I think that that's going to really bode well for him in his production and, and, and honestly, I, I really see Todd Gurley having what, what could be deemed as a bounce back here this year. You know, uh, I think with just all of the news that was surrounding him last year with his knee, um, really was, was criticized a lot more than he was praised, uh, especially after he had his um, historic season two years ago. So I think Todd Gurley is going to come back uh, this year and, and, and really get back to what we saw before. This is a guy that if his if his knee, again, it's all ifs because of his knee and his injury history, but if his knee does hold up and, and, and he's he's good to go health-wise, this guy's once again, he's, he's a top five, arguably top three running back in the NFL. So there's no reason why he can't get back to, to what we saw a couple years ago. But let's let's get into this mock draft here. Um, no changes in the top ten uh, in terms of draft order, or uh, we don't see a change until number thirteen overall. Um, the top five of my draft is is still the exact same. Joe Burrow number one overall, no drama here. Chase Young number two overall to the Redskins, again no drama here. You got to take the best player available on the board. Again, Chase Young is probably the best football player in this draft, so great value getting him at number two overall for the Redskins and. He will make that defense uh, very scary, especially that front seven. 
Jeff Okuda, number three to the Lions. The Lions traded away Darius Big Play to the Philadelphia Eagles at the during the free agency frenzy and acquired Desmond Trufant to replace Darius Slay. Jeff Okuda getting into that uh, secondary as well alongside Desmond Trufant is, is only going to bolster it even more. They're going to have two great lockdown corners uh, bookending that, se- that secondary. So Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle out of Iowa, uh, once again going to the New York Giants. Tristan Wirfs showed that he is probably the most athletic offensive lineman in this draft. Uh, exactly what David Gettleman and 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 this Joe Judge led uh, offense is is going to be looking for, uh, especially to protect Daniel Jones and open up holes for Saquon Barkley. So I think Tristan Wirfs is probably the best offensive tackle in this draft. And and with that being said, they would be addressing a a huge need there at, at number four. And really, the Giants' rebuild would be surely underway in Joe Judge's first season as an NFL head coach. Number five overall, Tua Tagovailoa to the Miami Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins have an interesting situation right now. Do they continue to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Possibly. You have guys like Jameis Winston, Cam Newton out there still, Andy Dalton out there still that they could bring in uh, to be a, a gap stop uh, at the quarterback position or who knows, maybe they perform uh, well and, and maybe they have a quarterback for a few years. Regardless, I think that they need to take Tua Tagovailoa here. That's their quarterback of the future. That's the quarterback that, in my mind, possesses the most upside in this draft. And Tua has released some footage recently of, of him working out. He looks like he's got a lot of his mobility back and showing that really to the world that, yeah, I didn't go anywhere. I had a little bit of a hiccup in my injuries, but uh, I'm back. I'm full full strength now, and, and, and let's get to work. So regardless, Tua Tagovailoa at five here, he'll have a full year in my mind to really recover, learn the playbook, learn how to be an NFL professional, and then in 2021 season, he can get the keys to the, uh, to, to the car and, and possibly the really, really nice car that Brian Flores is, is building over there in Miami. Number six overall, this is where things start to change up here compared to my uh, mock draft 1.0. Isaiah Simmons, I have going here at number six overall. I think this might be a best player available kind of kind of deal. The Los Angeles Chargers seem very happy uh, and content just with, with having Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. They've really upgraded this defense again uh, with the addition of Chris Harris and, and Linval Joseph. And on the offensive side of the ball, they still have... Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler they have over there as well. They have a very dynamic offense and defense for Tyrod Taylor to work around and be a great facilitator for. So I don't think that they're going to go here and, and, and take quarterback. I think that they're going to take Tyrod Taylor hoping that he has a good year and, and maybe they can use him for a couple of seasons. Maybe draft a quarterback next year. Isaiah Simmons being added to this defense, as I mentioned in the free agency recap episode, would make this Los Angeles Chargers defense, if it isn't already the best defense on paper in the NFL, it will without a doubt be the best defense on paper after they add Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, as as I've mentioned over and over again, six foot four, 230 pounds roughly, has the same kind of body type as that of a can chancellor, can play strong safety in the box. He can play linebacker, any of your linebacker positions. And he can even line up as a nickel corner if you needed him to, really, on on some obvious passing downs. This kid is an incredible athlete, and Gus Bradley would have two super rare athletes in him and Derwin James. 
to work with and, and really give give opposing offenses some serious trouble. So Isaiah Simmons, number six overall, would, would really be somewhat of a steal for the Los Angeles Chargers and, and make this defense just stupid. Number seven overall, Derek Brown going to the Carolina Panthers. I've said that Derek Brown might be the second best overall football player in this draft behind Chase Young. And Matt Rule is really obviously trying to rebuild this team in a sense or, or transition with this team, not necessarily rebuild, I should say. Derek Brown being added to this, he's one of those players similar to that of an Aaron Donald where you, you really, or a Fletcher Cox, where you just want to build your team, you know, around this guy. This guy's going to be the staple in the middle of it, any defense that he goes to. And, and acquiring him for Matt Rule here at number seven overall, again, if he's arguably the, the second best player in this in this entire draft and you get him at seven overall um, you're sprinting up to that podium if, if you're Matt Rule and and the Carolina Panthers number eight overall again I don't think that this needs to be that difficult of a decision the Arizona Cardinals at number eight here they had a need at at offense tackle and wide receiver those were probably their two biggest needs depending on what mock draft you looked at um, you probably either had saw an offense tackle going to them, or maybe even saw Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb falling to them at, at, at number eight overall. They were, they acquired DeAndre Hopkins at the tra- at the uh, free agency frenzy period, so they have no needs at the wide receiver position anymore. They're set for for a couple of years now. They've got Larry Fitzgerald this year, DeAndre Hopkins. They have Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella there. They have a very nice core group of wide receivers that they are going to run with this year. And that leaves their right tackle position as the clear-cut, undisputable number one need for them in, in this year's NFL draft. Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, played that right tackle position that they're looking for throughout his entire career at Alabama. So DJ Humphreys on the left side, Jedrick Wills on the right side for the Arizona Cardinals, bookending that offensive line and protecting their most valuable asset in Kyler Murray for years to come. I love that fit. And... Uh, I think that's the pick, and I think that's the easy pick here for, for the Arizona Cardinals. They could also go with, with a guy like Mekhi Becton, depending on who they like better between the two. Even Andrew Thomas can be in the conversation, maybe depending on the uh, the interview process and, and what they like here. Maybe they like Andrew Thomas even above all of these guys. So we'll see there, but regardless, I think it is an offensive tackle. I have Jedrick Wills going here at number 8 overall. Number 9 overall, maybe a little bit of a surprise pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars attending to the big hole that they have at the cornerback position. They've lost Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye over the last 12 months. C.J. Henderson was by far the best uh, cornerback at the scouting combine this year, probably next to Jeff, Jeff Okuda, and he's clear-cut the number two cornerback in this draft. So C.J. Henderson has proved that he has the ability to be a lockdown corner out of Florida, uh, I think that he stays in Florida with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that would be a really great fit for him. He would become a, a day one starter for this defense. I think that would be a great pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars at number nine, and they can attend to another need uh, with their second first-round pick. <laughs> number 10 overall, to close out this top 10, the Cleveland Browns need to go out and take a, another offensive tackle here. Um, if they can protect Baker Mayfield here, uh, and because that's really been the most important need for the Browns here over the past year. I think a lot of people said last year, if the Browns are going to have a downfall last year, it was going to be due to their offensive line. I think we said that on the podcast here. 
They have a lot of their skill positions tended to. Their defense looks great on paper, but the one hole that they have was on that offensive line. They went and attended to that with Jack Conklin this year. They also have Joe Bettino. They have J.C. Treader uh, handling things in the center. So now if they go out and attend to this left tackle position, their entire offensive line is going to be looked after, and they're going to have two big boys looking after Baker Mayfield, bookending this line with Mekhi Becton and Jack Conklin on the other side. I love that. I think Mekhi Becton would be a great fit in his offense as well, uh, although as much as they, they want to pass the ball to and get the ball in the hands of Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, I think that Nick Chubb, is this offense has to run through him and Mekhi Becton there's possibly no better offensive tackle in this draft um, in terms of the run game and that power run scheme than than Mekhi Becton again a monstrosity of a human being six foot seven 370 odd pounds um, this would be a great pick at number 10 for the, the Cleveland Browns I love this fit number 11 overall uh, again a team with the option to go wide receiver here or offensive tackle the New York Jets the New York football Jets I'm going to say that they go offensive tackle here. Although losing Robbie Anderson at the free agency frenzy period, I, I, I don't, I'm not as confident with this pick as I was when I was doing this mock draft. They could very well go with CeeDee Lamb here or Jerry Judy, uh, or who knows, maybe even Henry Ruggs if they want that more dynamic playmaker. Uh, I just think that the first, the, the most important thing that you need to attend to first, I said it last, last mock draft, you have your quarterback, your left tackle, or one of your two tackle positions, and you have your, your, your edge rusher, the guy who can get after the quarterback, as your three or four most important positions uh, in, in football. Andrew Thomas would attend to this left tackle need immediately, uh, be a day one starter for these guys, and protecting, again, their most valuable asset being Sam Darnold. Uh, they can go out and, and, and address this wide receiver position on day two this is again a very deep wide receiver class you don't need to reach for a wide receiver here in my mind so i think that again if you can attend to really two needs in one shot being that you attend to your left tackle need and you're protecting your quarterback all in one pick that is uh i think that's a win a win-win for the uh for the new york jets andrew thomas left tackle out of georgia going to the new york jets at number 11. Number 12 overall, the Las Vegas Raiders. I know that Jesse said on the Free Agency Frenzy podcast he does not believe that the Las Vegas Raiders will take a wide receiver here, um, maybe not even in the first round here, um, given that this is, again, a very deep class. However, I think that this is uh, by far their biggest need. The, the Las Vegas Raiders did a great job at Free Agency Frenzy period, uh, attending to some of their other needs, including the linebacker position, bringing in Corey Littleton. With that being said... I think that they need to go get a dynamic playmaker on the offensive side of the ball. CeeDee Lamb is, uh, in my mind, the best wide receiver in this draft. I think that he's just a little bit more polished than Jerry Judy based on some of the things that I've I've looked at. And, and what from what I know in, in listening to uh, different news uh, from NFL circles is, is that typically NFL teams will go with the most polished wide receiver. If you're going to, if you have a toss up maybe between uh, two wide receivers in the draft. What you're looking for is a guy who can really come in and transition the easiest into the NFL. You're not really looking for the necessarily the upside. Maybe Jerry Judy possesses a little bit more upside than than C.D. Lamb, um, but C.D. Lamb is a guy who I think can come into the NFL immediately for John Gruden and make an immediate impact. He would have the least difficulty transitioning uh, into this Oakland Raiders off or into this Las Vegas Raiders offense. That's going to take some time to get used to. Number th- thirteen overall. 
this is a pick that I mentioned that I think I that I think I mentioned on the free agency frenzy podcast was Javon Kinlaw going to the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers remember traded DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for their first round pick, that being this 13th overall pick. The 49ers now have two first round picks and if they lose DeForest Buckner, interior defensive lineman, only to go in and replace him at the 13th overall pick with Javon Kinlaw, uh, that would be absolutely scary. Um, Javon Kinlaw had a spectacular senior year out of South Carolina, and, and I watched him during the senior senior bowl uh, practice week. Uh, he was by far the best, the best, uh, probably the best guy on defense in, during that entire week. Might have about as much upside as as that of Derek Brown, who who I have going number seven overall to the Carolina Panthers. So Javon Kinlaw falling here, number thirteen overall to the San Francisco 49ers defense. If you thought the San Francisco 49ers had a scary defense last year, I mean, putting Javon Kinlaw in here to replace DeForest Buckner would, they'd, they'd essentially be possibly even more productive now that given that all these players, all these young guns are, are a year even more experienced. So I think Javon Kinlaw would be a spectacular pick here, spectacular value for, for the San Francisco 49ers. Number 14 overall. I haven't mentioned Justin Herbert yet, and, and, and this is where I have him falling. I think that the slide stops here. Tua Tagovailoa, number five overall, it could be Justin Herbert that goes here too. I wouldn't be surprised. Depending on who the Miami Dolphins see as their quarterback of the future, maybe fitting better into this offense for um, the foreseeable future. Justin Herbert, if he goes gets past the Miami Dolphins and even the Los Angeles Chargers here, who I have taking Isaiah Simmons, if he gets past the, that, that sixth overall spot, there's not really too many teams in behind the Chargers that really need to attend to this quarterback position right now. Um, maybe you could see the Las Vegas Raiders, possibly. Uh, maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think that with uh, them getting rid of Nick Foles, I think that they've really cemented their trust in Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew was very productive coming in last year and, and showed no signs of uh, not having the capabilities of, of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I think Justin Herbert slides all the way here, even though I know I said that uh, Justin Herbert might have cemented himself as a top eight pick in this draft. That being said, if he doesn't get picked uh, at that six overall spot, he can very well slide this far. Justin Herbert to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just acquired Tom Brady. Who better for Justin Herbert to learn from uh, than Tom Brady? They play this a similar type of game. Um, in terms of that pocket passer, Justin Herbert's even more dynamic of a player being that he can scramble a little bit, a little bit of movement, shows a little bit more of that uh, modern quarter, modern day quarterback uh, type of play um, with his with his athleticism. But he still wants to rely on that pocket passing ability, and, and that's exactly what Tom Brady is. Uh, he's perfected that over his career. So Justin Herbert to the Buccaneers at number 14 overall. Jerry Judy goes here number 15 overall at to the, the Denver Broncos. Um, John Elway did a spectacular job here at the uh, free agency frenzy period uh, in, a, in bolstering that defense and getting rid of Joe Flacco here to clear some cap space and really put his trust in Drew Locke. Drew Locke, again, 4-1 and one last year as a starter, really showed that it came out of nowhere a little bit. Um, he was really a wild card when the Denver Broncos picked him last year. Not a lot of people knew how would he transition into the NFL and whatnot? It was kind of a toss-up with him. But then he came in, went 4-1 and as a starter with a Denver Broncos defense that at that time, you know, wasn't necessarily a, a great team on paper. So 
I think that they've really made some nice additions. Um, that defensive side of the ball is looking really, really good. And now on the offensive side of the ball, I think they just need to add one more playmaker here. They have Melvin Gordon, who they acquired at the during that period. They have Philip Lindsay still in the backfield, Royce Freeman. Um, so they have a nice three-headed monster kind of thing going on in the backfield. Cortland Sutton, breakout player at the wide receiver position, Noah Fant. They have a lot of playmakers here for Drew Locke to work with. I think if you get Jerry Judy here, I think that the, the sky's the limit for, for Drew Locke in terms of his development as a quarterback. And I think that the sky's the limit for this offense, maybe not this season, um, but if you're talking about 2021 and the future of this team, I think it's in very good hands, especially if you go out and grab Jerry Judy here at 15. And that would be great value for the Denver Broncos, really, if you're, if you're looking at it. Uh, Jerry Judy here is, is arguably a top 10 pick uh, in terms of his talent, in terms of him just being a straight-up football player. Uh, Jerry Judy could very well go top 10 of this draft. And, and I think if he falls to, to 15, that, that's great value for the Denver Broncos. Number 16 overall, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, with the departure of Desmond Trufant, they, they have a really big need on the, the defensive side of the ball in that secondary. Um, Christian Fulton, the cornerback here out of LSU, is the next best cornerback available on this list. Some might argue that Jeff Gladney out of TCU could be taken here, but I'm going to say Christian Fulton here stays down south, um, goes to Georgia here, goes to Georgia here, Atlanta, Georgia, with the Atlanta Falcons defense. And, and if he can come in, make an impact, really be a day one starter for this team and show that he can transition into the NFL with a little bit of ease. Um, the Atlanta Falcons are looking really great once again on the offensive side of the ball. They look uh, set. I don't think they really need to attend to any needs on this on this side of the ball, at least in the first round. So with that being said, if they can get this defense going, get this defense healthy again, this is a very young defense who's just been really injury riddled over the past couple of seasons, but they have a ton of potential. Adding Christian Fulton to this defense would be spectacular for them um, and, and allow the, the Atlanta Falcons to really make some noise this year. Number 17 overall, the Dallas Cowboys. They have a couple of options here. They could go cornerback. Byron Jones left. Um, they have the need at safety here. You know, uh, they, they could even go out and they haven't, they lost Randall Cobb here. So I wouldn't put out of the, the question Henry Ruggs III here, probably the most dynamic playmaker in this entire draft. Uh, I wouldn't put him out of the question here for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but what I'm going to say here is the Dallas Cowboys go and attend to their defensive side of the ball. I think that um, their offense, even with the departure of Randall Cobb, uh, I think that their offense can really still be a, a, a very productive unit. And I don't think that this is something that they need to worry about necessarily on day one. Um, again, if they want to go get a wide receiver, there's going to be a lot of wide receivers available there on day two. So I, I think that if they are really... Uh, concerned about giving Dak Prescott another playmaker to work with, I think that they they should have no uh, qualms with 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 waiting until day two of this draft to go get one. Xavier McKinney, the safety out of Alabama, um, probably the best free ranging free safe free safety in this draft. Not a guy that necessarily is going to play up in the box for you. This is a guy who's going to play that. Earl Thomas type role uh, where he's just going to roam the backfield. You can throw him in a cover three scheme and let him, or a cover one even, and and, and just let him roam the back uh, and go attack the ball. Great ball skills, um, really attacks it. Almost looks like a wide receiver out there at times in terms of going up to get the ball. So uh, Xavier McKinney, McKinney, I think, would be a, a really great pick for the for the Dallas Cowboys here at number 17 overall. Attend to a really big need that they've, that they've had for a couple of years really now.
um, especially Jeff Heath. Not that Jeff Heath played that same role, but Jeff Heath has now departed to the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that uh, they're a little bit depleted on the back end there. So I, I think Xavier McKinney comes in and makes an immediate impact for them as a day one starter for this team. The Miami Dolphins are at 18 overall. This is their second pick in the first round. Um, they attended to their quarterback need. They could go edge rusher here. They need a guy who can get after the quarterback. But what I'm going to say is they go out and take the best offensive tackle here. They traded away Laramie Tunsil for this draft capital last year. I think that they go and cover up, uh, go and replace his position here at the 18th overall position and take the best offensive tackle available. That is Josh Jones out of Houston. Again, a guy who's going to come in and be an immediate uh, impact player, day one starter, uh, has a very, very high ceiling. Uh, had a great senior year at, at Houston. Weighs in at six foot five, roughly three hundred and ten pounds. Um, Going to be exactly what the Miami Dolphins are looking to do, I think, for on on the offensive side of the ball. If they can go out and grab a quarterback and an offensive tackle here uh, in the first round, I think that that is an A plus grade that you have to give them. And I think that they're really starting to make some magic here happen on both sides of the ball. And Brian Flores is really making his impact on this Miami Dolphins team. So Josh Jones, 18th overall pick to the Miami Dolphins. The Las Vegas Raiders come in with their second pick of the first round at 19 overall. And I think they go back to this defense. I, I, I They've made some great additions on the defensive side of the ball. I think they bolster it even more. Jeff Gladney, the, the cornerback out of TCU, um, Possesses very high upside, about as much upside as any cornerback in this draft. Uh, another senior here out of TCU, Jeff Gladney would come in and, and really compete for a day one starting position. And it's a little bit tough to say what, what Mike Mayock and Jeff Gruden do here at the 19th overall pick, just because I think that we saw last year. It's not that you know they're the only team that, that does this, but they've really they really preached and they made it very known that what they're looking for is foundation pieces guys who they can really build their future around it's all going to depend on the interview process a lot of a lot of these all these mock drafts are really speculation at the end of the day right um, although it's this is what i believe will happen i don't know jeff gladney as a person um, i'm only assuming that he's going to have a great interview and that he is one of those foundational type pieces that mike mayock and, and john Gruen are looking for um, if he if he is, if he shows that great character, I think Jeff Gladney has to be the pick here at number 19 overall for, for Mike Mayock. Number 20 overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Ross Blacklock, the interior defensive lineman out of TCU. Back-to-back TCU guys off the board here. Ross Blacklock is a guy who's really gaining some, some, some attraction uh, over the past few weeks here. I've seen NFL comparisons for him uh, to that of, of Gerald McCoy. And if he can go out and have the, the same kind of impact that Gerald McCoy has, uh, getting here, here at number 20 overall is a steal for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they're really trying to do here is, is take that approach that we saw the San Francisco 49ers take, um, that we see a lot of teams really taking, even the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you saw the Philadelphia Eagles do it when they won the Super Bowl, and that is build within the trenches, build from the inside out. Um, they have Josh Allen uh, on one end, and they have... Yannick Ngakwe on the other end, although Yannick Ngakwe's future is a little bit up in the air with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he ends up sticking around there in, in Florida. Um, but if they can go in and, and attack this middle of the defense here where Clayus Campbell left a really big hole to fill, literally and figuratively, 
uh, Ross Blacklaw can come in here, be a day one starter for these guys at the 20th overall pick, and, and really could end up being, like I said, a steal. He's a very dynamic interior defensive lineman. The interior defensive lineman here in this draft, especially in the first round here, a very intriguing, very deep group of group of uh, players here. Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw, and, and Ross Blacklock are, are three guys that, without a doubt, I think are going to go in the top 20 of this draft. And, and Ross Blacklock, again, a guy that not a lot of people know about still, but, but a guy who's really been gaining a lot of attention over the past few weeks and has really raised his stock, especially with his performance at the Combine. 21st overall pick here. A lot of people might be wondering right now, where is Henry Ruggs? So this guy just uh, was had the best opportunity to break, break John Ross's Combine record in terms of the 40-yard dash. I watched this guy Alabama all last year, and and he had. It seemed every single time the ball was in his hand, he was taking it to the crib. Um, I actually saw a stat that one in every four of his catches while during his uh, career at Alabama went to the end zone. So all this guy does is score. When the ball's in his hands, he is thinking score. And uh, if if the Philadelphia Eagles don't need a guy who, <laughs> if they don't if, if if they don't need a guy who can do that. I don't know what they need then. You know, the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, they, they were clearly decimated by injuries last year. And um, their depth was was quickly shot here at the wide receiver position last year. They have Deshaun Jackson, who plays a similar type of role to that of Henry Ruggs. Um, they even had Nelson Aguilar, who plays a kind of a similar role as well. But Nelson Aguilar is gone. Deshaun Jackson is a little bit older, maybe lost a step. Uh, Henry Ruggs is going to come in here and bring some excitement. To Philadelphia and I think really can be Carson Wentz's best friend this is a this is a guy who if you just throw him on the, that nine right that nine route uh, that go route it's 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 pretty much over you got to really respect him he plays that similar type of role and brings that similar threat to uh, as Tyree Kill does for that that Kansas City Chiefs offense this guy's just he is without a doubt the, probably the most dynamic playmaker in this in this draft um, getting him here at 21 overall would be great for the, the Philadelphia Eagles but in saying all this Another player that I could really just see going any time before this. He he could be a top 15 pick for all I know at the end of the day. All three of these top three receivers, uh, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and, and, and Henry Ruggs. I think that this is the order that they're going to go in. Um, however, I could really see Henry Ruggs, depending on what one team is looking for, if they're looking for that guy who can be that dynamic do-it-all, whether it be lining him out at, at wide receiver or throwing him in the backfield or, or, or running him in on all t types of different trick plays. Um, if a team's looking for that, I mean, CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy aren't really the guys that you're looking to do that with. Henry Ruggs is the guy that you're looking to do that with. So Henry Ruggs could go a lot higher than this, but I have him dropping here to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Minnesota Vikings now have two first-round picks after trading away Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. And here at the 22nd overall pick, I think that they go and address the need that Everson Griffin left behind. Everson Griffin is no, has, has now uh, broke off from the Minnesota Vikings after somewhat of a very confusing year last season. So um, he is now gone. That leaves a hole at the edge position for the Minnesota Vikings. Clavon Chason is probably the best edge rusher left here in the draft at this point. Uh, in the first round, so I think the, the edge rusher out of LSU goes here to the Minnesota Vikings to immediately replace Everson Griffin, a pretty straightforward pick for, for the Minnesota Vikings, and they've been known to just continue to, to upgrade this defensive line. Um, they also have the need where where they could go in and fill the, the role that Linval Joseph left behind there and, and, and attend to that interior of the defensive line, maybe trading up to go grab 
uh, a Derek Brown or go and grab a, a Javon Kinlaw, one of the two. But Clavon Chason right now is the guy for them, uh, edge rusher out of LSU. 23rd overall, nobody really knows what the New England Patriots are ever going to do on a year-to-year basis. But these guys now, with all of their departures, they have so, so many needs. I could really see them with uh, Kyle Van Noy departing. I could really see them going out and, and grabbing a linebacker here. You could see a Patrick Queen or you could see a Kenneth Murray fall off the board here. Or even a Zach Bond uh, fall off the board here for the New England Patriots. But edge rusher for them they have had trouble getting after the quarterback especially since Trey Flowers departed Yuter Gross Matos out of Penn State the edge rusher just a hard working kind of guy as far as I've heard uh, kind of a lunch pail guy goes to work puts his head down and just grinds it out for the sack every single play um, I think he'd be a great fit in this Bill Belichick defense so Yuter Gross Matos is the guy I have here at 23rd overall 24th overall, the New Orleans Saints, um, they, their, their biggest need right now is linebacker. And I think Patrick Queen is the, is the guy for them. He is the best linebacker, pure linebacker in this draft. I, I don't know what a lot of people have Isaiah Simmons as. I know that he's a, a natural linebacker, Isaiah Simmons. But um, just given that he's a hybrid, I'm just going to say just linebacker here. Patrick Queen is probably the best in the draft. Uh, he, he has exceptional speed. Um, and is really just a modern-day linebacker in the NFL. He, he can cover. He's, he's very similar to a Corey Littleton, who just got picked up by the, Va- the Raiders here. Exceptional speed, can really get downhill quickly for the, to, to plug up the run, um, and he can cover with, with the best of them, uh, at least at the college level he was able to. So he went to LSU. I think that he stays in Louisiana, in the state of Louisiana. I think he'd be a fan favorite in Louisiana. And... Uh, I'd be excited to see what the, what the New Orleans Saints are able to do with him at, at the position. Again, another one day one starter. Um, a lot of these guys are day one starters here in the first round. Um, but as you start to get further and further back, you're going to see guys that are maybe fighting for a significant role. Or, or you're going to see guys who maybe do have a significant role but that aren't uh, day one uh, starters. They're, they're, they're guys who are going to really have to develop a little bit and maybe you'll start to see them as the season progresses. But Patrick Queen is one of those guys who I have as a making an immediate impact for, for these New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings have their second first round pick here at 25th overall. Stefan Diggs is gone, so I think they need to just immediately replace that. Jalen Rigor, the wide receiver at TCU, showed that he's just really a Stefan Diggs, if you ask me. Maybe not as pure of a route runner as Stefan Diggs is, um, but Jalen Rigor brings the same things to the table in terms of just great upside in terms of speed and uh, playmaking ability. Uh, Jalen Rigor is just really a speed demon. That's what he's known for. Uh, Coming in at a similar height, uh, around that six-foot mark as Stefan Diggs is, uh, just a guy who's going to grind it out for you and and a guy who I can really see almost kind of a weird comparison, but but even like how a Randall Cobb, how just being a Packer fan, how I saw him, uh, be used as in, in that Packers offense when Mike McCarthy was around. Um, the Packers used Randall Cobb in a variety of ways, even out of the backfield, to, to, to really make some plays happen, just to get the ball in his hands. I think this is a guy who you just really want to get the ball in his hand, um, whether that be on screens, whether that be on reverses, uh, whether that be just lining him up in the backfield. I think that Jalen Rigor is one of those guys who he can do similar things with, with, the, with what the Packers did with Randall Cobb when he was... Uh, in his time in Green Bay. 26 overall, the Dolphins have their final pick of the first round here. Uh, Grant Delpit, 
the safety out of LSU. Listen, the, the Dolphins, if they can go out here and address their two biggest needs, which is quarterback and offensive tackle in the first round, the defensive side of the ball, they just lost. Uh, the Miami Dolphins just lost Rashad Jones. Um, they're, they're in the box. They're strong safety. Uh, and Grant Delpit here is the best in-the-box safety. Again, maybe besides Isaiah Simmons, <laughs> um, just because of his versatility. But Grant Delpit, in terms of just being a pure safety, uh, this is a guy that plays the same type of game that Derwin James does. He, he He's your strong safety, comes up in the box, help run support, great in run support, and uh, just just a playmaker all around. And, and this is a guy who you would really want, uh, kind of how the Las Vegas Raiders addressed um, their safety need with Jonathan Abram last year. Grant Delpit, I believe, is going to come in and make that exact same kind of impact. And I think that you're going to see with these three first-round picks, you know, don't be surprised if if you see a similar kind of approach uh, being taken by the Miami Dolphins that the, that the Raiders took last year. You know, they're going to be looking for these are high draft capital picks. They need to hit these picks in order for their franchise to be successful. If they whiff on these picks, um, they're going to be back in the same kind of groove that they've been in for the past however many years. So uh, Grant Delpit is one of those guys I think is going to be a tremendous leader as well for the Miami Dolphins. I think that he's just a dog, kind of like Abram is for the Raiders as well. I think this would be a really great pick, a great value pick for the Miami Dolphins here at 26th overall. Seattle Seahawks, I think first running back, we haven't mentioned a running back yet, first running back comes off the board here at 27th overall. Uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks have Chris Carson as probably their clear-cut number one running back. However, he's just shown way too many injury problems over uh, his career to really be trustworthy. Running backs, uh, as we discussed on last episode, you can really go and replace them fairly quick, fairly uh, quickly in, in this league. There's a lot of them, a lot of capable running backs. Um, and especially in this draft, there's a lot of capable running backs that due to the, the, the depth at other positions in this draft, you know, the running backs aren't going to really fly off the board here in the first round. I, I have two of them going in the first round here, DeAndre Swift being the first one here, but I don't really see too many of these guys coming off the board in day one. Um, the, the Seattle Seahawks, though, they have the need. I think that they've established in, in, the, in the past that the running back position is very important and, and is, is the position that really makes this offense tick. Russell Wilson has really taken the offense under his wing over the past few years as he's developed every single year. It looks like Russell Wilson is becoming better and better quarterback. Um, but I think DeAndre Swift here would give them a dynamic playmaker out of the backfield. He's by far the best running back in this class and would really give them the versatility that they're looking for. He has the ability to run in between the tackles. He has the ability to run outside, um, catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's going to be added to this offense with Deon, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf and company. The Seattle Seahawks also acquired Greg Olson. They have Will Disley. These guys have a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. DeAndre Swift would just be added to this mix. And the Seattle Seahawks are really trying to get back and, and maintain that excellence that they've had uh, really over the past decade uh, or, or, or so, or, or half decade or so. 28th overall, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they were able to retain Matthew Judon, which is great for them. Uh, so the need at edge rusher is really no longer. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma, is the next best linebacker in this draft. Uh, they still need to find a replacement for C.J. Mosley, in my opinion. 
Um, they even la lost uh, Patrick Osawar, I believe is how you pronounce his name, uh, that line, the, the linebacker. So they have a really big need here at the linebacker position in Baltimore. So Kenneth Murray here will immediately come in again, just due to their need at this position. I think Kenneth Murray is going to come in and be a day one starter for these guys. A guy that might need to develop a bit, but there's not really too many better places in the NFL uh, than that to develop linebackers than than in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, we've seen countless guys uh, such as Terrell Suggs, uh, Ray Lewis, and C.J. Mosley, to name a few, that have come out of this offense or out of this defense. Part of me and have significant impacts. So Kenneth Murray here, I think if this would be a great landing spot for him, there couldn't be really a better landing spot for a guy that needs to develop in the NFL. We could see him as a week one starter for the Baltimore Ravens. The Tennessee Titans, 29th overall. I have Zach Bond, the edge rusher out of Wisconsin going here. I think this is the versatile type playmaker that, that's really going to fit well into this Mike Vrabel defense. Um, the Tennessee Titans have that need at the edge rusher position. Uh, with Cam Wake being gone, uh, they have Harold Delandry there right now as their, their clear-cut number one edge rusher to get after the quarterback. They need another guy who can go in there. Zach Bond can play uh, the linebacker position. He is an edge edge rusher, so he can he can play in that 3-4, uh, or he can play in the 4-3, really. I think he's that versatile of a player. Uh, I think this would be a really great pick for the Tennessee Titans at 29th overall, a player that Mike Vrabel can really help develop and, and the Tennessee Titans really just need to continue to add to this rotation that they have in the trenches. We've seen it work for them. They were able to make it to the AFC Championship last year um, and, and their franchise building model has been around the inside out mentality, go at addressing this offensive line and addressing the uh, defensive line as well. So I think that Zach Bond here is just going to continue to reinforce this, this mentality that the Tennessee Titans have. Uh, this is what's been successful for them over the past however many years, and, and I think that there's no reason to go away from it. They, they may feel that they have a need at the running back position in terms of, uh, in terms of filling a guy to, to come in behind Derrick Henry to help him out in the backfield. This is a, that, that's a position that can be addressed on day two. There's a lot of capable running backs in this draft. They're just, again, not going to be going in the first round necessarily because of the depth at other positions. Um, Zach Bond here, 29th overall to the Tennessee Titans. Maybe a surprise pick. 30th overall, my Green Bay Packers. I kind of had fun with this one a little bit, but if he falls to them, I see no reason why he, he can't go here. Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. Uh, a lot of people have him going top 20, maybe even top 15. Um, I've even seen a draft that has him going top 10 uh, to, to one of these teams. Um, before Teddy Bridgewater was acquired by the Carolina Panthers. I had Jordan Love going here at number seven overall to the Carolina Panthers. I, I didn't have, I saw Jordan Love going here in, in one mock draft to, to the Panthers here at number seven. But I'm going to say Jordan Love just because he maybe is a little bit more of a project kind of quarterback. I think that he slides a little bit. Listen, there's going to be 32 starting caliber quarterbacks uh, in the NFL this year. So I just don't necessarily see Jordan Love, the need for quarterback being uh, exceptionally high in this year's draft. Uh, with that being said, I think Jordan Love maybe slides a little bit more than people are, were thinking. I think that he ends up falling to 30 here for my Green Bay Packers to go and grab him. And really a, a great a great fit for him and, and, and a great opportunity for him to learn behind uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, and if you really think about it, Aaron Rodgers was drafted uh, into the Packers uh, organization 
right around the same time, you know, in the same career timeline that that Brett Favre was at in terms of where he's at right now, right? So, you know, Brett Favre was in the twilight years of his career when Aaron Rodgers came into the Packers organization, and Jordan Love here can come into the Packers offense in the twilight years of Aaron Rodgers' career. Aaron Rodgers probably still has in my mind uh, another, you know, four or five, maybe even more years ahead of him as a starting quarterback, an elite quarterback play in this NFL, in the NFL. Um, but with that being said, there's no reason why they can't go and attend to a quarterback here. They very well could go out and draft a wide receiver here. Again, there's a lot of wide receiver depth in this in this class, so would not be surprised for them to uh, draft a uh, wide receiver here. But I thought, why not? I don't see Jordan Love falling outside the top, the 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 first round here. So I, I think that uh, the the Packers, if he slides this far, I think the Packers are, are the team to go out and grab him. Thirty one overall, the penultimate pick in this first first round. The San Francisco 49ers have their second pick of the first round. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, the cornerback out of Alabama, a lot of people I feel are sleeping on him. Trayvon Diggs has uh, the ability to be one of the best uh, ball attackers in the in the league. A, a cornerback that really maybe not is is designed to play in a man coverage scheme, um, a, a team that runs a lot of man. But uh, the San Francisco 49ers team uh, plays that cover cover three shell, and Trayvon Diggs that's the perfect fit for him. I really see him going to a team like the Seahawks or the or even the the, the Vikings could could grab him this year. Just a, a team that plays that cover three scheme because this is a guy who might have the best ball skills out of any of the cornerbacks in this in this draft. Uh, a guy who just loves to sit back in that cover three shell and go and attack the ball, keep his eyes on the quarterback and be able to drive on the ball. Uh, does it about as good as anybody in this draft and can really be a huge playmaker for the San Francisco 49ers team. I love, love, love this fit for the Niners. And if they can get him at 31 overall, I think they are laughing. I think this is a great pick. And I think they have a, a potential star uh, on their hands. And, and this is a guy who possesses a length as well. Six foot two, 207 is the, the weight that I have him at right now. Um, just a very similar player if you think about, about like a Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, I think, maybe possesses a little bit more versatility in terms of his ability to play in that man coverage or or, or cover three scheme, whatever you want. But uh, Trayvon Diggs, in terms of his cover three ability, if you can keep him in that ideal scheme for his type of game, there's no reason why this guy isn't similar to that of Richard Sherman. Um, 32 overall, the final pick of this first round, and how we are going to close out this mock draft episode. J.K. Dobbins going to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chiefs... They they kept they kept Damian Williams, uh, which is which is good for them. I think that that was something that they needed to do. He he isn't demanding too much in on on the cap, uh, not too many cap implications for for keeping him around. Um, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs still move on from Sammy Watkins here before the season begins. And with that being said, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs will have a hole in terms of just adding another playmaker to this offense. We all know how much they love their playmakers. Um, so if Sammy Watkins departs and, you know, they only have Damian Williams in that backfield, J.K. Dobbins, the running back out of Ohio State, I watched him uh, with my Buckeyes last year, uh, a guy who really has received a lot of criticism, maybe for his ability to, or his lack of ability to run in between the, t in, in between the tackles. Um, he put those critics to rest last season. He was asked to run in between the tackles, really just be a workhorse for these guys, uh, run the ball, catch the ball, just take on a lot of touches overall. And he proved that he was up to the task. J.K. Dobbins um, is the clear-cut number two running back in this draft, right in behind DeAndre Swift. 
Uh, I could really even see him depending on maybe what the team is looking for. Maybe J.K. Dobbins goes before DeAndre Swift. I doubt it, um, but I think that he has to be in the conversation for the number one running back off this board. Uh, with, with that being said, uh, J.K. Dobbins goes and adds just yet another playmaker for Andy Reid to work with uh, in this offense, and, and probably the guy who we'll see after this season take over that number one overall running back role for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that is my Mock Draft 2.0 post-free agency edition. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you liked. Let me know what you did not like. Uh, I hope to be back with another episode pretty soon. Um, maybe we'll discuss some of the training camp battles that I anticipate happening. There's a lot of interesting ones, especially depending on what happens in the draft here. Um, the quarterback position is starting to heat up a little bit uh, in terms of uh, with some of these teams. Washington now uh, has brought in Kyle Allen. Uh, to compete with Dwayne Haskins. We'll see what happens there. We have the Windy City battle with Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, there's going to be, and, and depending on, you know, what happens here in Miami, if Miami goes and drafts Justin Herbert, for example, at number five rather than Tua, uh, we might have a quarterback battle in, in, in Miami as well uh, for that for that starting quarterback job. So a lot of things to shake out here. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Once again, I want to just say thank you to Nolan, Jesse, and, and Eric for coming out for last episode for that free agency uh, recap episode. I hope to have them on again sometime soon for maybe my final mock draft uh, before the actual draft happens in Las Vegas, Nevada this year. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Outsiders NFL Podcast. I'm Josh Frysam. We'll see you next time.